Welcome to the Get Over Divorce Podcast, where you will learn to get your power back, hold healthy boundaries, and become the confident, successful single woman you were meant to be. Divorce sucks, but the rest of your life doesn't have to. Let's create a life you love. I'm your host, relationship coach, Julie Danielson. Let's do this. Today on the podcast, we are going to bust some divorce myths. Now, divorce myths are often beliefs about divorce that people have before they've really gained experience enough to know better from being on the other side of divorce. So usually they're still spinning in the river of misery. And I'm bringing attention to these divorce myths because I see a lot of women being held back in fear and anxiety around these specific myths. And some are being reinforced unconsciously by other women that are still new and beginning their early stages of divorce. So let's dive right in. Myth number one is that time heals all wounds. And this is not true. I've seen so many women sit in the pit of misery for years and years after divorce. And their misery built more misery on top of that misery because they're just waiting. And sometimes time just festers the wounds. It takes actual practice of using healing tools in order to truly get over divorce and create a life you love. So if you're spending your days just languishing in front of the TV and calling it healing, it's not. Healing takes actual effort. It doesn't happen to you because you waited out the storm. Now, time and the tools really are the magical method, but time alone is not gonna heal an emotional wound. Time will heal flesh wounds, like if you cut yourself with a knife or you broke a bone, time will heal those kind of wounds, but not emotional wounds. And it really does require action on your part to heal those emotional wounds by practicing using the healing tools. Now, you can get this toolbox from a life coach, a skilled therapist that knows the healing tools, or you can figure it out on your own, doing it the really hard way. I tried that route myself. I read over 200 self-help books before I got a coach. And I promise you getting a coach is going to be the fastest way forward. Okay. Number two, divorce myth number two. Everyone has to pick a side. Now, the truth is when stepping into divorce, there's going to be a natural feeling for us humans to want people on our side. We want that support and validation. We want to be right and we want them to be wrong or your ex to be wrong. But the truth is you're both right and you're both wrong. There is no black and white. There are so many complex issues, and it's impossible to see past your own pain when you're in the pit of misery. I remember feeling like I wanted my people on my side, especially my immediate family. 
But later, much later, I realized that I brought this man into their lives and I asked them to unconditionally love him. And my getting a divorce does not immediately dissolve that relationship that my family had with him, no matter what happened between us. So if you were abused or hurt in an unforgivable way, of course you want your family to rally around you. But if that's not the case and there's potential for you and him to keep your friends and your family, then why wouldn't that be the best option for everybody, right? It's truly the adult and mature answer. Like, for example, I had a mother-in-law that I absolutely loved, but I didn't dare reach out to her because I felt like she was off limits. And she never reached out to me either, but in hindsight, I really do wish I did. I wished I kept up that relationship. I wish that I could have um, maintained that relationship with her because I think my boys would be closer to her today if I had. And I really do miss her. So whenever you can just simply take the high road and allow your friends to be his friends or your family to be his family too, then do that. But make sure that you have some really strong boundaries in place if it hurts you for them to bring him up or if they are tagged in a Facebook post with him or any of those things. Things that you don't want to see or be a part of you shouldn't have to be. Okay, number three, divorce myth number three, divorce is always a battle. And actually, divorce can be amicable. I've met lots of people that have had amicable divorces. And even if one spouse is not very amicable, It can at least be tolerable and it's possible to come to a divorce agreement without having to battle it out in court where the only one who really wins is the lawyer. I was not super amicable with my ex going through divorce. It took us a long time to come to an agreement. I hand wrote all the paperwork over several meetings that took place most of them in coffee shops over the course of a year. After we finally filled out all the divorce paperwork, you know, we had to come to an agreement on each of those points and we finally filed. There were meetings where one of us would just walk out or there was a time where I had to stop having him over to my apartment because I had a hard time making him leave when I felt like my boundaries were violated. So we learned to meet only at coffee shops and to do as much as we could. And when we came to some sticking points, we would just end the meeting for the day and we would negotiate those sticking points via text where there's less emotion, right? Um, There's way less emotion in a text message when you're just dealing in facts. So even though the divorce was hard and it was painful, 
In the end, it only cost us $350 in filing fees and no lawyers. And because we agreed on each line item through lots of negotiation, it set a foundation for our new relationship. We always had a map of how to deal with our disagreements inside our divorce parenting plan. We would go back to that plan as how to handle things, and eventually we became more amicable and courteous to each other. The kids were able to flourish in that environment because they felt supported by two adults that loved them. You know, I remember one of my boys saying to me one time that, their mom and dad are best friends. And inside my head, I kind of laughed a little because it really wasn't true. But we, I, I was really glad that he felt that way. It meant that their dad and I did a good job showing up for our kids and not letting our own drama or disagreements get in the way. And that teased me up perfectly for divorce myth number four. Divorce ruins kids' lives. Now, I'm going to start with an extreme scenario here. Scenario one is that there's an abusive parent, emotionally or physically or both, or a parent with substance abuse problems, right? In these scenarios, kids are not really able to be kids, One parent cannot protect the kids from all the issues that come up around these type of abusive relationships or um, abusive parents or like addiction. Divorce is 100% necessary in those instances. Kids cannot flourish in those environments. They must be safe first. So I'm kind of making an argument for divorce. I feel like if you are in a relationship and you are with somebody who is not willing to put in the work to create a healthy, loving environment, then divorce is always a good option in that case because you want to model a healthy, loving environment for your children. Otherwise, if you're just acting like roommates This is what your kids are going to grow up believing a love relationship looks like and because that's what was modeled to them. So you want your kids to experience healthy, loving couples in their lives, whether it's your own parents or your siblings' relationships or other healthy couples that can model that behavior, but I honestly believe that divorce is a really good option for a lot of people that are just not in healthy love relationships. And I think the most important thing for kids is that they get to be in an environment where they're loved and they're at peace. They need to feel safety and belonging. So whatever that looks like, that is what is best for the kids. And it may mean divorce is best, right? If you and your ex are constantly fighting and you're not able to model a healthy relationship, then that's divorce is probably the best thing. 
Okay, number five, divorce myth. Number five is that divorce should be avoided at all costs. Now, this is kind of picking up where I left off, and I feel like there's a lot of people that avoid divorce at all costs, even when it means the kids are subject to daily fighting. And this is really common when a couple or you know, one spouse feels that societal pressure to make it work. Like maybe they were born into a religion and attended church regularly. And inside this church for them, divorce might be looked down upon by that church. And so many churches really put a lot of shame on divorce And honestly, I hate how religion puts this fear in people when clearly in the Bible, um, it, it states that God is not even against divorce when it is warranted. So I wish the church communities would embrace divorce a little bit more because that's really when women need that support of a community is when they have an uh, emotionally abusive or a physically abusive husband or a man that displays narcissism or gaslighting behaviors. Women need to be supported and not shunned because they're getting a divorce. And honestly, the best churches are going to be the loving and supportive ones where anybody going through a hardship like divorce where they're going to be supported by everybody. Um, And then there's like the cult-like religions where they're not supported and they're shunned. So I just feel like divorce should not just be avoided at all costs. I feel like there's a lot of reasons why it's the best thing for people. And if you're just not happy in a relationship, you get a redo and it's okay. Nobody dies because of divorce. Like, but lives can be so much better because of divorce. And I wish people could see that flip side of it. But you don't, especially when you're in the very beginning of divorce. Everything is coming undone. Everything is unfolding, unraveling. And it feels like the pit of misery before it can get better. All right. Divorce myth number six, your ex-spouse should still be your best friend. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I speak from experience having kind of tried this. And also I've seen many, many clients go through this. And the truth is, is we need boundaries with our ex When you become the sounding board for all of your ex's dating escapades, you're becoming a doormat for him to just try and hurt you and vice versa. Some things just need to be private and separate. I've seen a lot of very enmeshed couples stay very close friends, and it's actually harmful for the new relationships that you will have one day, right? There's no guy on this earth that wants to share his new girlfriend with her ex-husband. Intimate conversations with your ex need to end. There needs to be a line in the sand 
where you are more about business with your ex when it comes to dealing with the kids and less about your personal life. Otherwise, you may never have a personal life. Divorce myth number seven. I hear this all the time. I failed at marriage. I truly believe that because a relationship comes to an end, it doesn't mean that a relationship has failed. Maybe you had a great 20 years and you have two amazing kids to show for it. Why would you call that a failure? Or maybe just in the last few years, it got really unhealthy. Or maybe you escaped a bad relationship. Or maybe you learned so many big lessons from that marriage that you get to go on and have one that's a hundred times better and more fulfilling because you've learned those lessons. That's not a failure. That is a huge win. We are human and most marriages happen in our early 20s before our prefrontal cortex is even fully developed. And we pick a partner without even knowing what the hell we even want out of life. It's crazy to think that your high school sweetheart is your soulmate and you will magically do marriage in a healthy way, even if that was not modeled for you growing up. Most healthy marriages happen because people learn the hard way from relationships that did not last. I know I did. I looked back on my past relationship and I took a lot of lessons away from that. And I do, I still do my best to apply them in my current relationship. Divorce myth number eight. Divorce is embarrassing. Uh, I totally get that there's this initial shame around divorce. But this is why I'm talking about it. Let's get real. Factually speaking... of marriages, even more than that now in the U.S., end in divorce. This is a reality of life, just like, you know, giving birth or coming down with an illness or cancer, right? This is all part of life. It's part of being human. We live and learn, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Hurting yourself with feeling shame around it does not have to happen. Embarrassment around divorce only happens because we have a thought in our brain or a belief that we should be embarrassed. Fuck that. Know that most people get divorced. If they aren't now, they probably want one or they're jealous that you did it. (laughs) So just accept that it's part of life And don't shame people around it. When I told one of my best friends that I was getting a divorce, she said, oh, I'm so sorry, but also congratulations. And I felt like, oh my gosh, she gets it. It hurts, but it is also a doorway to new amazing possibility. And it's not something to be feared or embarrassed about. Divorce myth number nine, 
the best of my life is behind me. If you think that statement is true, you will live your life in a way that makes it true. But if you don't want that statement to be true for you, then you need to live your life in a way that makes that statement false. You get to decide. You get to choose. You can suffer forever or you can take massive action and create a life you love even after divorce, even if you are old, whatever old is for you. I've had clients that are AARP members and they are out there living their best life because they got divorced and they embraced it. Divorce myth number 10. This is the last one, everybody, okay? I should never marry again. Uh, This one's tricky. I feel like most women want real love and they want a partner that they deeply connect with. But there are some women that had so much trauma and just a really unhealthy relationship and they don't want anything to do with getting in another one. They gain their independence and they don't want to risk losing it. I found that with my clients, and of course I've had firsthand experience, that if you want love again, you absolutely need to love yourself first. And that work is worth doing. Gaining that self-respect that is unbreakable and that self-trust that means if a guy shows you a red flag, you don't stick around. You don't give him another chance. And when you love yourself, you have so much respect for yourself that you will not stand for hanging out another minute with a man that does not deeply respect you. So this is the work worth doing, really, truly becoming independent, healthy, and whole on your own two feet and building that self-trust so that you know you can trust yourself to make good decisions about men. Love it. All right, everybody, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being here and please do me a solid and smash that five-star button. Whenever I get a rating and a review on my podcast, it helps other people find it. So I would really like to grow my viewership and have reach more women out there that need to hear this stuff so that they can go on to feel healthier and happier after divorce. All right, everyone, that's it for today. Thanks for being here. Bye. If you like this podcast, then you will love my Get Over Divorce book. It is packed with the tools that I use to help my clients fast forward their divorce healing and reclaim a more fulfilled, independent new life. It's only $4.99 and it's an instant download. Plus, you get the audio version for free and two other amazing bonuses, all designed to help you redefine your post-divorce journey on your terms. Grab it now at getoverdivorce.com.